I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real-life real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to this episode of Emily Sells Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, and in studio today, Emily Swinford, realtor with Better Homes and Gardens, the Good Life Group offices in Glenwood in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Emily, thank you so much for your time and uh, busy. Even though it's wintertime, you are always busy. If you're not out selling a house, you are uh, working with Swire or you're, you're doing volunteer work or you're doing fundraisers. I'm wondering when you sleep, but that's a different podcast. So anyway, <laughs> how's everything going? It's going great. It's been super busy. So we talked last week, I've added uh, another team member and we've just kind of had um, just a really, really productive January. Um, it was a cold walk over here this morning, but we have not been hibernating. And um, like you you said doing lots of stuff with Swire, which is Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors. That's really kicked off. Um, lots with the Mills County Chamber of Commerce. And it has just been nonstop. So I texted uh, a, our chamber director today. And ironically, I texted our executive director for Swire yesterday, yesterday. And I said, this stuff is overwhelming me. I don't know how you guys do it. So props to the people that are truly running those organizations on the, on the back end. So. Yeah, you get a lot of moving parts in place <laughs> yeah. and you stop, uh, you stop sleeping and you start wondering how to keep all the, you're, you're juggling constantly, but you do a wonderful job with that. So Well, and good news is uh, Leanne Comfort, our team operations manager, she passed her real estate licensing exam. Well done, Leanne. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. So she passed that last week. She'll have her license soon, but she is back in the office full-time as of today. So I'm very, very grateful to have her back. So uh, we are busy, but there's a lot of people contributing to making all of these things successful. You have a wonderful topic to talk about today, and I think it's going to be very informative, and uh, uh, people that are listening are going to get a lot out of it because we want to talk more and get some more details about home equity. Yeah, it's something we talk about a lot. And I think you kind of hear the terms a lot, but not a lot of people really understand what it is or what it means or how to actually use it to your advantage or how it can affect your loans. So um, I just kind of wanted to talk about home equity and what it is uh, and just kind of give a a brief example. So equity is how much of the value you as a homeowner control versus how much you owe on that home. Uh, So usually that's a mortgage loan. So just for example, say you if you pay $100,000 for your home and it's worth $100,000 at the time that you take out that loan and you say you put down 20,000 so just for easy numbers so now you owe 80% or I'm sorry you owe 80,000 or 80% on the home but then you own 20% $20,000 so it's it it's based on value it's not based on your loan amount so if in a year your $100,000 home that you paid 100,000 for is now worth 120 and now in a year you only owe 75 now you have $45,000 worth of equity in your home so your home equity can go up uh, based on the up or down at times, unfortunately, based on the value of your home versus what you owe on it. Does that have anything to do with the loan? Does that have any effect on how all that works? Yeah, it can. So um, a, l- a lot of homeowners are paying PMI on their loan and there's certain types of loans. Uh, and I would advise you to contact your 
specific lender because everyone's different, but with certain types of loans, you can have that PMI, which stands for private mortgage insurance that you pay if you don't put 20% down in most cases, uh, you can have that extra payment dropped. Um, Now, there's certain types of loans that you cannot, but it might be a good opportunity to look at refinancing based on what the rates are. Uh, But if you do hit a certain point of equity, uh, usually it's once you own 20% of your home's value, then that PMI can drop. And so it doesn't necessarily drop off automatically. So if you've done some things to your home to improve the value or if the market's gone up or if you've made some extra payments, you might need to get with your lender and see if it's an option for you to have an appraisal ordered to see if you've hit that point that that they will allow you to drop that PMI payment. Um, so that's kind of uh, one way it can affect your home loan. It also affects when you buy and what you put down. And so those are all conversations that you want to be having with your lender. Until you actually use it or you sell your house or whatever, it's really just a number that's sitting out there. So what can that equity be used for? True. So uh, there's, well, first of all, I want to touch on what instant equity is versus sweat equity and why that matters, because we hear that a lot. And uh, sweat equity means something different in the real estate world than it does in the stock market than it does, you know, in, in business. So you hear it a lot, but in real estate, sweat equity is usually what you're discussing when you're talking about labor. So you as the homeowner, what you are putting your blood, sweat, and tears into doing to your home to improve the value of your home. So you're not necessarily paying a contractor to do it. So you're saving money there. So you are building your own equity there. So although you're putting in all of that hard work yourself, you're saving money on contractors and um, you are adding value to your home versus insta equity is equity you might have when you just get a great deal on a home depending on the market so if you get a home for a hundred thousand and it's worth uh, you know a hundred and twenty thousand then you're walking right into that with with instant equity a lot of different ways that you can use these, this equity in your home and a lot of things that people don't realize so the most common way that people will use their equity is they'll upgrade or downsize on the type of home that they have. So you can use that equity in your current home to find another home that might suit your needs a little bit better. So if you sell your house and you cash out on the equity, you might be able to put that down as a down payment on an upgrade, or you might be able to pay cash if you've been there long enough and you've built up enough equity, you might be able to pay cash when you're ready to downsize or upgrade. And eliminate a house payment altogether, which is is everyone's goal eventually. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of a lot of people that, that are able to do that at some point in their life. And my first broker, uh, when I got my real estate license, he said to me, Never and I and I went against his advice and I highly regret it, but he said never ever sell your first house. Everybody looking back 10, 20, and 30 years would tell you that they wish they never would have sold their first house. So uh, there are a lot of reasons that people do need to or choose to sell their first home. But uh, from an equity standpoint, sure, you know, once you own a home for 30 years, you might very well be able to completely pay cash for your next home. So What else uh, could that equity be used for? Yeah, so the other kind of most common thing is people will – use their homes home equity. They'll maybe do a cash out refinance where they can get refinance their home and get some cash out of it. They may do a home equity loan, which is kind of like a second mortgage, or they may have a line of credit. So there's all sorts of ways to do this. You'd want to talk to your financial advisor or your lender. Uh, but a lot of people will use the equity in the home to improve the home that they're already in. So if you have a bathroom that needs remodeled, you might be able to pull some money out of that equity that you control and then put that towards a bathroom remodel that might increase the value of your home. Or make it more fun to live in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big part of it. And I know that it's amazing as you talk about that, just how much 
better you can feel about your home if with just an improvement like that because a lot of times it would have been the way that it was when you first moved in there and now you have personalized it and you made it your own and you your personality is now in that particular room whatever it is you updated yeah and a lot of things or one thing that people don't always think about is your home is typically your largest asset and it usually has one of the best rates in the marketplace so if you're going to take out a loan against your home to remodel a kitchen or a bathroom you'll probably get a better deal potentially on that than you by using the equity in your home then rather than taking out like a personal loan where the rate might be a little higher where you don't have as much collateral on that on that loan so it's a lot of people i think get scared because they are scared to use that equity but uh, a lot of times it might be to your advantage to use it because it might be the most cost effective way for you to make some of those upgrades and a couple of things that people don't think about, um, I know a lot of people, especially coming from the banking world, uh, before real estate, that would take out home equity lines, lines of credit. So you, you have that sitting there if you need it, but you don't have to draw from it. Um, and depending on the product, you only pay for what you draw on. So it's kind of like a kind of like a credit card. Uh, you can use it, pay it back, use it, pay it back, and they give you a certain allowance based on the equity in your home. And so I knew a lot of people when I was in banking that would just have that home equity line in place. They'd built up enough equity in their home. Now all of a sudden they had, say, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, worth of equity that was available to them to get a loan on, and they just kind of had it sitting there in case there was an emergency. So uh, you could have that kind of prepared and ready to go just in case you ever needed it. Or just like we talked about earlier, a lot of times you might get a better rate. Uh, it might be more accessible to you. If you're pulling from a pre-existing line of credit, it's very much making a cash purchase or like making a cash purchase. So it might make sense for you to negotiate cash on a vehicle and use something like a home equity line to pay for that vehicle, refinance it down the road, but you might get a better deal because you're negotiating with cash. Um, or you can use it to fund your education or to, uh, you know, anything you've kind of dreamed of, start a business. So you can use the equity in your home for personal gain too if you have a, a dream or a goal. So you always got to be careful when you're taking out debt, um, but there's a lot of different ways it can be used and a lot of ways that you can add value to your home or even save money on your existing mortgage loan. You know, where you're sitting right now, did that. I had equity in my home. I ended up selling it. I didn't uh, just take the equity out. However, there's a business here now that exists because of that, that wouldn't have before. So it speaks exactly to what you're talking about and, and what it can do for someone. Uh, really improve the quality of your life. So that's why you're doing all of this and you're working so hard and you have, you, you've made the payments on your house and you've done the improvements and you've done the upkeep and everything else. So live your best life now, I think is, is the key here. Well, and we haven't talked a lot about foreclosures on the podcast, and I would like to um, at some point, uh, but that is, it, it's important to always stay in touch with your real estate advisors, with your financial advisors, with your lenders. We want to help you. So say you have, um, you know, five credit cards and you've maybe been unemployed for a couple months. Um, we care about you. We want to help you. Maybe it makes more sense at that time to use the home equity in your home that's available to you to, you know, refinance all of that together. Uh, so before you start missing payments um, intentionally because you don't think you can afford it, kind of do a double check on what you owe or, wh or what your home is worth and maybe what you could use to your advantage when it comes to equity. So all sorts of important things to know about it. A lot of great information. Uh, on this podcast. And we certainly appreciate uh, you being willing to share all of this. And because I think about something here, the information that you're sharing is just, you're volunteering this out here. So we, we absolutely thank you for informing everyone and keeping them updated. And 
pointing out some things that maybe we hadn't thought about. So we really do appreciate that. Yeah, no secrets in real estate, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Emily Swinford is a realtor with Better Homes and Gardens, the Good Life Group offices in Glenwood and Council Bluffs, Iowa. The podcast is Emily Sells Iowa. Go back, listen to some previous episodes and uh, tell your friends about it as well. Hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when new episodes are released, which we do each week. So until next time, take care.